Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that turns to the pavilion and raises its bat after scoring a very stylish century, uh, I have to let you know. Yes, we've reached that milestone, we're quite chuffed with it actually, and uh, to mark that occasion... um, We've got a couple of really fantastic special guests for you. First of all, we've got, uh, as you know, we've been playing a little quiz over the past month or so on Cincinnati called First and Ten, a general knowledge quiz. And uh, first of all, we've got playing First and Ten is Paul Sinha from The Chase and a genuine household name, a television star, a quiz master taking on our general knowledge quiz. So uh, we're delighted to say that Paul will be coming up very soon. And uh, after that, uh, our other special guest in this milestone episode is none other than Bengals legend and NBC commentator. It's Chris Collinsworth, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we managed to get hold of Chris and we've got a really nice chat with him. Uh, coming up later on. But in the meantime, let me introduce you to my uh, partner in crime throughout these uh, 100 episodes. We've had other people joining as well, for, but for the most part, it's been me, Paul Hirons, and Nathan Palmer, everybody. How you doing, my son? It's a difficult act to follow Paul Sinner and Chris Collingsworth, but um, hopefully, um, you know, not too difficult act to follow. So what an incredible, incredible um, you know, achievement for us. I, you know, did we ever think we'd get it? Episode one hundred. You know, mad, mad times. I don't know whether we did really, because I think we we started it off as a bit of an experiment, and then um, it carried on, and we got some really good guests, and it carried on again, and then suddenly we were, you know, we'd done a full season, and then we thought, well, we might as well keep this going, and now we're sort of, you know, record viewing numbers for us at least. And the guests keep on coming. So, yeah, it's hard to believe. But also, it's a big thanks to you guys listening because uh, as much as I like to say it and as corny as it still sounds, uh, we do do it for you out there. God, that really does sound quite corny, but it's true. And we couldn't do it without all you guys' interactions and you coming on to the podcast and all the rest of it. And I hope, hope you don't think it's just me and Nathan uh, doing this. It is really just to kind of keep this community going and to unite fans and to grow fans as uh, fa- the fan base as well, which it has done over the past two, three years. And you look at what we've achieved, uh, you know, from when we started it until now, we've done our online tailgates. We've had another Wembley game. Uh, we've had ex-players on. We've had coaches on. We've had current players on. We've had all the Cincinnati media on. It's been a bit of a dream, really, let's face it. So I do hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy putting it together. And, uh, yeah, we haven't finished yet, have we, Nathan? No, it was, we're, still going, uh, we're still going as long as we can, my son, and hopefully we can get 150, 200, and by the time we reach the 200th episode, who knows, the Bengals might have even got a win under their belt as well. <laughs> 
by the 200th episode. Well, you'd, you'd kind of hope so, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> well, I mean, genuinely, I mean, we're episode 100, right? I reckon since we started this podcast, we've won about six games. Honestly, <laughs> I'm deadly serious. Oh, this is supposed to be a positive uh, celebratory <laughs> occasion. Well, it's positive. By episode 200, we'd have won more than six games. Yeah, let, let's hope for that. By episode 200, we'll be in the playoffs. How about that? And episode, yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll absolutely take that. Good. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody would really. Um, uh, what else? It's, it's kind of quite odd, really, not having a game on the Sunday, but we've had time to sort of digest Thursday's result. Any other thoughts, really, from you? We did a, a snap reaction vodcast on our YouTube ca- channel on on Friday afternoon. Um, any any sort of changes to your opinion on things at all? After that well, I think, apart, apart, I think apart from the fact that I was exhausted off about two, you know, about three or four hours sleep on that Friday, so I might be a bit more coherent on this episode, but still frustrated. And I think desperately, like I said on the vodcast, that we just need a win under our belt. You know, that's the key thing at the moment. And I think obviously Joe Burrow, the highlight of that game, he was exceptional. And by all accounts, all the PFF grading and the media around the NFL have come back and graded his performance very highly and it was you know crowing you never want your quarterback to be throwing 61 times but burrow in those 61 throws fantastic no interceptions really looked composed poised um as we've all said before so in terms of the future he's as advertised and it's an extremely positive um prospect to have him as our quarterback for the for the foreseeable future so that was a real positive of it obviously the defense was very very poor um the one thing we didn't really discuss on um, the video um, vodcast or whatever you call it on the Friday was CJ Uzama going down with that season ending Achilles injury, which is a real blow because by all accounts, he's looked um, quite lively in the first two games, obviously caught Joe Burrow's first touchdown pass. So that's going to be a big loss for, for Joe over the middle and to the Bengals. And obviously we wish CJ all the best in his recovery. Um, not a nice injury in Achilles uh, injury by all accounts. No, absolutely. It's an absolute swine of an injury. It does take a long time to recover. But speaking of injuries, last night, I mean, uh, we're recording this on the Monday as we normally do, but last night in the NFL, there people were going down left, right and centre with some really serious uh, injuries, you know what I mean? Um, Nick Bosa in San Francisco, Solomon, basically half of San Francisco team uh, went down with injuries last night and they just kept on coming and I do think we're seeing the consequences of not having that preseason, not having those uh, the kind of I don't know what you call it really the the body not absorbing hits as you normally would do in the in the preseason. I think we're really starting to see the consequences of that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that um, you know that that's the one thing this year, isn't it? I think they've expanded the um, practice squad size to accommodate for some of this stuff, as you know, sort of foreseeing that this might happen. But it's always horrible around the league when you lose star players because I mean, people pay to watch people like Saquon Barkley and uh, Christian McCaffrey, etc., and you want those guys on the field. So you know, fingers crossed, some of those injuries aren't as bad as first feared, and that you know the the rate as people sort of you know condition up, etc., um, reduce. I mean, so far for the Bengals, you know, we just need Geno Atkins back. I think that's going back to that, um, you know, defence that we saw on Thursday night. That's the one guy that I really hope can get back um, and be available for the game against Philadelphia this Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we just need to see improved play from the defence full stop, really. I mean, 
looking at some of the uh, analysts and especially someone like Matt Minnick, who I'm a big fan of, um, he was saying that the defensive line wasn't too bad. It was the linebackers that just weren't kind of plugging their gaps and tackling well enough. Um, And also, weirdly... Uh, it wasn't. It weren't. I mean, the tackles weren't brilliant. The offensive tackles. You know. You. You know. We all saw that stunt that completely bamboozled Bobby Hart um, when uh, Miles Garrett sort of stormed through and and uh, and uh, stripped Joe Burrow back in between. You know, um, um, inside his own ten yard line. Um, it was more the interior pressure that was the worry. Fred Johnson had an absolute nightmare. Michael Michael Jordan regressed a, a little bit, so we need improvement desperately because we've got another. We're going to come up against another good defensive line um, against uh, against Philadelphia, and conversely, we need our defensive line certainly on the edges to start manufacturing some sort of pressure, really, because there was none. So, I mean, again, some positives, some minuses, and it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, where we kind of stand and sit in the NFL after seeing some fantastic games last night, and uh, I mean the Chargers look 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 like a really good team, and they re- they really pushed Kansas City, and arguably should have should have won against the Chiefs last night, and they played certainly well enough to do so. Uh, so in the end, the Chargers might not be not be a bad team at all. Um, but yeah, lots to lots to improve upon next week yeah i mean talking about the looking around the nfl i mean certainly from what we've seen so far of the ravens they look like an absolute unstoppable force at the moment i mean that matchup for them against the chiefs uh, i think it's on monday night football coming up i mean that is that's about the most anticipated game regular season game that i can remember in a long time it's just like two absolute um just beasts going at each other i mean just it's going to be a high scoring game it's going to be exciting and i think for us this season playing against the ravens it's it's going to be uh it's going to be a tough one let's just say that yeah absolutely um but you know um, let's look back to our 50th episode shall we because we managed to do that uh record that at wembley stadium in a corporate box which was uh quite a, a fantastic experience and uh, we also had Zach Taylor on and we took the time on the 50th to kind of reminisce and, well, blow our own trumpet a little bit. Uh, we don't do it often enough and uh, I think we're going to do the same a little bit uh, today. Um, we've got some fantastic correspondence coming up. I said two fabulous guests. Um, but as ever, let's just have a quick look back at what happened in between uh, episode 50 and 100. He's coming for co-op. He's coming for your Menambria and your vegetarian meat products and sour cream oh, and mate. nachos. It's all about the nachos, mate. It's all about the nachos. That's that's what I'm, I've got fully lined up. Like I'm a nachos connoisseur, mate. Honestly, I'd call you more a fiend than a connoisseur. I've seen you. I'll take snaffle it. into those nachos like you were some sort of pig. <laughs> Diving into a, a trough full of oats, you are fully in there. You've got sauce Just... running down your mouth, and you don't care. You turn into an animal. As I mentioned earlier, we do have a special guest this week, and what an amazing special guest, Akeem Davis Gaither. Akeem, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? And what about the cleaning business? What's it called? Because I came up with a pun. It's not called a clean Davis Gaither, is it? 
Well, I can hardly believe I'm saying this because our special guest has been such an inspiration to millions around the world for over four decades. Joining us now is Olympic gold medalist, world record smashing athlete, civil rights activist and the man who silently and powerfully protested on the podium at the 1968 Olympic Games, which forevermore made him an icon of the 20th century. And lest we forget, he was also a Cincinnati Bengal for almost three seasons, I believe. Uh, I'm delighted to say that Dr Tommy Smith is here with us now. Tommy, thank you so much for, for spending a little bit of time with us. It is a pleasure, Paul, to talk to some Bengal fans. Okay, joining us now is a face every NFL fan in the UK will recognise. Since 2009, Scott Hansen has been the presenter of NFL Red Zone, among other things, on NFL Network. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let me, can I just say something real quick? Go ahead. So, I, you know, as the host of NFL Red Zone, I get asked to do a lot of interviews. Radio shows, podcasts, television shows. I've done dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of these, Right. And, and, and now it, at the stay-at-home rules, quarantine rules with, with COVID-19, I've been asked to do even more. This is the first one I've ever done with the man you see on your screen right here, <laughs> our fearless producer of NFL Red Zone, Ryan Yunt. And now it's time for our special guest. And this week we're talking to one of the Bengals' newest recruits. It's ex-Purdue linebacker, Marcus Bailey. Marcus, welcome to Cincinnati. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on this podcast to um, you know, allow the UK fan base to get to know me a little bit better. This is just like a, a pretty unique uh, experience. You know, obviously, I just just getting drafted mm. to the profession, you know, play professional sports, but I've never been interviewed by someone from the UK before. So this is it. This is well, there you go. Uh, Good song. We're, we're pleased to pop your cherry, Marcus. Um, <laughs> And now it's it's time for our very special guest. It's former Heisman Trophy winner, former number one overall pick in the NFL draft, three-time Pro Bowl quarterback, twice with the Bengals, NFL passing touchdown leader in 2005, and the man who spearheaded one of the most exciting teams in Bengals history, and the reason why so many Bengals fans in the UK became a Bengals fan. It's Carson Palmer. Carson, hello. Oh, how are you? Um, now, obviously, you've been seen more frequently, obviously, before the lockdown on chat shows and radio shows, and you've been quite outspoken. So I guess what Bengals fans really want to know is, how did you really feel when you saw Beyonce wear a Carson Palmer number nine jersey? She, hey, I was, I was honoured. Uh, we're talking, of course, the brilliant Hugh Jackson. Hugh, welcome to Cincinnati. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I would like to take you back to 1991. Now, I didn't know this, but I, I sort of checked up on you. You were running backs coach for the London Monarchs. I mean, what can you remember from those days? I mean, did you did you have hair then? Did you kind of... What, would you, what was the whole... <laughs> Now, he was drafted in the seventh round from Oregon State in 2001 and went on to play eight years and 105 games in Cincinnati. It is, of course, number 84, TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, are you there? 
I am here. I think the ceiling for us this year, and I just could not conceive it, it would ever be possible, would, would be nine wins. I just can't see, unless something outrageous happens and Joe Burrow is just an absolute Trojan horse out there, just smashing people over. And, and we're here with Jesse Bates III. Jesse, welcome to London. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Next, we have the amazing Tyler Boyd with us. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing great. How about you? Well, we're here with Gio Bernard, who's been on the podcast before. Oh, welcome yeah. back, Gio, to London. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. And now we have with us, unbelievably surreally, standing right here <laughs> next to me, even though I normally see him on a TV screen 5,000 miles away, Andy Dalton. Welcome to London, Andy. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, there's so many crazy names knocking about in the States. Like, it's far more exciting than you get in the UK. The UK is so, quite dull names, aren't we? They're all quite sort of standard names. Yeah. Whereas in the US, you get some fantastic, fantastic names. Same. We just need to start like calling people some mad names, like, you know, real real characterful names. We're just not, we're not got enough of them over here. Yeah, like okay. Paul Hirons and Nathan Palmer. Nothing wrong with either of them. Yeah. But it's just not got the, the... There's nothing exciting there, is it? No, 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 I agree. Like Jamie Rowe, Peter Dadswell, they're all just bang standard British names, aren't they? We need, <laughs> we need some exciting, solid handles out there. Well, Michael Smith, Simon Hunter, they're all boring names. They? No, no, we ain't got any O'Shea Dugasses, have we? Solid handle. So there we go. There's a little compilation of what happened. Uh, we've also had the likes of Paul Dana, Jane Morrison, Lindsay Patterson, Marissa Contabelli, Jeff Hobson, and uh, Ken Anderson, and Trey Waynes as well. So uh, it's been a packed 50 episodes, Nathan. Bring back a few memories. Oh, absolutely, man. It's, it's crazy listening back up to all those names. And obviously, like you just said, that's not even everyone we've had. Um, so incredible honour to speak to some of those people. I mean, for me, a big highlight was speaking to Carson Palmer, you know, watching him as I became a Bengals fan and growing up was very, very special. Um, just some unbelievable memories on there. I mean, I think, you know, the interview coming up that you'll see um, with Chris Collinsworth, incredible as well, just doing an amazing experience. And, you know, someone like Scott Hansen, who you've watched on your TV every single week. And I think the beauty of... Um, you know, or a benefit at least to come out of all of this is the fact that, you know, Zoom has become such a big thing now. Not only do we get to podcast some of these guys, we've actually seen them and you can actually have a proper chat with them over Zoom. So it's been an incredible, incredible experience for us, um, very selfishly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think my favourite out of all, I mean, we, we started um, certainly last year um, with a, a tribute episode to Sam Weich and... Um, that was uh, a very personal episode for me. I was absolutely devastated when he passed away. So it was nice to pay tribute. And we had Dave Lapham on, as we have done uh, throughout. Yeah, I think my favourite was Tommy Smith because he's not just a football player. I think first and foremost, and he would admit that, he's a fantastic athlete, an Olympic winning athlete. But he sort of transcended sport really with that incredible, powerful protest in uh, the 1968 Olympics and to have him on our little show was just an incredible thing and uh, that could be apart from Sam White's interview um, could be uh, the proudest moment I've had on this podcast I think uh, that was an extraordinary yeah absolutely I think it's nice the sort of the variance of guests as well you know with sort of current and ex-players and like you mentioned someone like Tommy Smith that um 
obviously means a lot more than just football. So yeah, really look look at us being a like you know we started this podcast off. I think if you listen to the first like five ten episodes of our podcast, it was just uh, me and you pretty drunk talking about the Bengals, and <laughs> in the last sort of like. I don't know, like 30, 40 episodes. It's got a bit higher brow since now, you know. It's a slight, slightly more um, refined listen now. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that, because I think if we'd have kept that going, we certainly wouldn't have got uh, people like Tommy Smith and Carson Palmer and Sam Whiteshawn, that's for sure. But, yeah, no, great to listen back to those uh, little snippets. And one thing, uh, and also we always have a bit, try and have a bit of a laugh on this uh, show, So, uh, and I think we've achieved that as well. One comment uh, in that little... Area. was that that you said something about trojan horses smashing it up and all the rest of it and i do love your turns of phrases nathan i still don't know i have a clue what that actually means but um uh that's one of the joys of the podcast of doing it with you no, i appreciate my son and i think i speak on behalf of all bengals fans when i say um thank you for your um continued doggedness of yes. running bengals uk and you know, editing this podcast, getting the guests, running the YouTube channel, running the Twitter feed, engaging with people and basically doing the work of a, uh, a full-time salaried social media manager. So, uh, I know, tell me about of, it. On behalf of all of Bengals UK, um, thank you very much. It's, it is thoroughly appreciated and, and I mean that sincerely. No, it's great. It's good fun to do and it's it's kind of... Now we're live streaming on YouTube and all sorts of things, online tailgates and uh, sadly we can't have any meetups this year but hopefully we will do uh, next year and I've loved the way the, um, you know, the community has sort of held strong this during this weird, scary time. So... Um, I think a big one thing I want to say as well, and a big, a big massive shout. And I know you said to the listeners earlier, but one thing I would have to say is that we, I mean, you know, I was joking about this at the start of the podcast, but we've been running this for the last two years, two and a half years. And the Bengals, by all accounts, in that time have been pretty shocking. Um, and I think especially like last season when at times, you know, we were like 0 and 8 and, you know, 1 and 14, 1 and 15, and you're still getting people tuning in to listen. Now, I know for me, when my, my sports teams lose, I cannot stand watching anything. Like if the Bengals lose, I don't want to watch any highlights. I don't want to listen to anything. I don't really want to read much because, you know, you're just angry and you're pissed off. And I think the fact that so many people continue to listen and send in the comments, as you met, as you mentioned, it's, it's easy to do that when the Bengals are, you know, six and two in the playoff run, you know, whatever else. But, you know, we've obviously been unfortunate with the team not performing as we would have liked for a while. And to have so many people still engage is a, you know, I, I re we really appreciate it. And, you know, when the better times return, um, I know that it'll be a, a much more fun, upbeat and, and a great listen, I'm sure, when we're not debating over losses. Yeah, absolutely. Right, shall we bring in our first special guest? Uh, well, I, I promised something special and someone special, and I'm delighted to say that uh, the current um, uh, UK quiz champion, the British quiz champion, is that correct? Uh, I wish it was. I won in September 2019. Okay. In now about to be October 2020. Of course. Yeah, sorry. sorry. So, I came 7th, which is not bad. That's pretty good. Better than I would do, I think. Um, but yeah, well, you, might guessed, <laughs> yeah you might have guessed that uh, uh, we've got a special guest playing first and 10. Amazingly, you will know him from... Uh, he used to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, he used to be a doctor. Uh, he also I definitely still am a stand-up comedian. Okay, you definitely still are a stand-up comedian. 
you've probably heard him on, on the radio lots of times on Radio 4, and especially Radio 5's Fighting Talk. Uh, but now you will know him as one of the chasers on the hit daily quiz show, The Chase. Uh, it's Paul Sinner. Paul, welcome to Cincinnati. <laughs> nice, nice pun. Um, lovely to be here. I'm Bengali. This is my team. Okay, well, uh, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, uh, we're often trying to kind of uh, grow the fan base over here. So that's uh, if if that's you know Bengal is your team, then I'm happy for you to do so. Now I've explained the rules um, to you briefly. So let's see how this goes. Uh, but Paul, are you ready to play first and ten? I've been ready for a couple of days now. Yes. <laughs> You're at your own 20-yard line. You have 12 questions to score a touchdown. You can have an easy question, which moves you five yards, an intermediate question, which moves you 10 yards and a first down, or you can have a hard question, which will score you a touchdown immediately from anywhere on the field. What Let's are you go going hard to... all the way. Sorry, you're going to start? Go hard all the way. Okay. Go hard or go home, as they say. Paul Sinner, how many time zones are there in Canada? That's a start. <laughs> Eight? No, it is six. Ooh. So now it's question two, and it's second and ten from your 20. What kind of question are you going to go for? Hard, all the way. Okay, all right, okay. How old was Coco Goff when she defeated Venus Williams in Wimbledon uh, in 2019? She was 15. She was! And a touchdown! And Paul Sinner has romped away with it. The quarterback looked downfield, threw it long, down the sideline, and a touchdown. This is exactly what I expected, Paul. Well done. Thank you very much. Is that it? Yeah, that's it, basically. Have the other questions as well? Do you want some more? Yes, please. All right, let, let's go through my hard questions and see how many you get. Which Thank English you. city was once known as Duro Lipont? D U R O L I P O N T E. I'm probably pronouncing it completely wrongly. Which is city? Yeah. Newcastle? No, it was Cambridge. It's Cambridge. Oh. Uh, next question I have down in the hard questions. Name all five boroughs of New York. Queens, Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn and Staten Island. Correct. Uh, what was the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture? Wow, very good question. Hmm. So, the films that won the Academy Award for Best Picture in order were... Um, Wings... One I couldn't remember this afternoon. Um, Simran, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, no, All Quiet on the Western Front, Simran. Grand Hotel, Cavalcade. Happened one night, the great Ziegfeld. Love him, was early. You can't take it with you. Um, 
Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, How Green Is My Valley, Casablanca, Mrs. Miniver. There's nothing in the 40s, 50s. Well, there's ballooning with Phileas Fogg, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> there's chariot racing with Ben Herb, but I'm not going to go there. 60s. Um, it appears to be Rocky. Uh, it more than appears to be. It is the correct answer, yes. Uh, what is the body's largest organ? Skin. Yeah. Uh, what is the smallest country in the world? The Vatican. Yeah, indeed. Who was the youngest British Prime Minister? William Pitt, the Younger. Indeed. Uh, do you want me to keep going? I mean, you're doing... I've only got... Oh, yeah, might, might as well. Who was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize? Mary Curie. Ooh. Yeah, Mary Curie. Yeah, right, yeah. Who is the only US president to serve more than two terms? Franklin D. Roosevelt. Indeed. 33 to 45. Uh, how many NBA championships did Michael Jordan win? Ooh. I wouldn't imagine that many. Seven? One off. Six. Okay. And finally, which hockey team did Wayne Gretzky play for in the 1980s? Terrible, isn't it? I wouldn't know this. Um, the Edmonton Oilers? Indeed. Well done, mate. Well done. Have you got um, the medium? Sorry? Have you got the medium? Oh, oh, God, yeah. Oh, you want more? I've only uh, okay. Um, uh, in the US, which month does Labor Day fall in? September. Which popular alcoholic beverage is made from fermented rice? Uh, well, there's more than one, but sake. Yeah, sorry, I should say Japanese. Really, whose birthday is celebrated on the second day in June in the UK? Second day in June or the second Sunday in June? Second Saturday, I beg your pardon. Saturday, in June. the Queen. Indeed. Which body part can the femur be found in? It's the thigh bone. So the leg. Yeah. Uh, what is the largest con continent, Africa or Asia? Asia. You're rattling through these. And I've got a bunch of really easy questions here. But uh... Lovely. I'll leave the speed training. <laughs> okay, which animal is on the Porsche label? Oh, so the sort of thing I just don't know. Um, the animal on a Porsche label is... It's terrible. I can't visualise anything. I genuinely... Genuinely... Oh, God. Um, horse? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Who plays Wolverine? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, uh, yes. Which country is the dish paella from? In, in particular, Valencia. Uh, which country does the heavy metal band ACDC come from? Australia? Yeah. A, ta well, a tandoor is a type of what? A clay oven used in Indian cookery. Yeah. What is the name of the coffee shop in Friends? Central Perks. Which alcoholic drink is Russia known for? Vodka. What do you fear if you suffer from claustrophobia? Open sp um, sorry, confined spaces. Yeah. What is the common name for dried plums? Sultanas? No, prunes. Oh, prunes. Yeah. <laughs> Which state is the crime drama The Sopranos set in? Which New Jersey. Yeah. What is the name of the song that Queen Elsa sings in Frozen? Let It Go. Yeah. Let It Go. Yeah. Who is the current Doctor Who? Uh, Jodie Whittaker. 
Which natural disaster is measured on the Richter scale? Uh, earthquake. Yeah. Which country celebrates the storming of the Bastille? July the 14th, 1789, is uh, France. Yeah. Thank you so much. Very good. Yeah. No. I hope, I hope the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, keep getting their uh, NBA, keep their NBA, no, NFL hopes up. <laughs> How has lockdown been for you, though, Paul? Have you been busy? What's 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 been going on? It's just been a fight. Yeah. Keep, trying to keep trying to keep busy in an era where work is not easy to come by. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's been. You know, I'm still alive. Yeah. And that's matters really yeah absolutely um i said uh, in return for um you appearing on this we'd contribute to a, a charity what, what what charity is close to your heart parkinson's uk because i have parkinson's disease and more than that on saturday it turned out that i when i won a celebrity chase a couple of years ago i'd stopped a lot of money from going to parkinson's uk right. so this is my feedback people can check people can donate to charity parkinson's uk Okay, Paul. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. No worries at all, Paul. It's been a genuine, absolute pleasure. There you go. A bona fide uh, television star, uh, Paul Sinha, the cineman of The Chase. And predictably, he didn't take very long to uh, score a touchdown in first and ten. And then he just went on and wanted to answer all the questions I've ha- I've got on my little kind of general knowledge question fact sheet. He wanted the practice. The cinnamon wanted it all. <laughs> Mate, this geezer's as sharp as a knife. You can't be having him on there and expect anything less than a seasoned professional like him. Oh, I don't know. Two questions, man. I'm surprised he did. It was a hard one, that one about the Canadian time zone. So, um, But I didn't put that in deliberately. I didn't change the questions. The questions have always been there. So someone, if it hadn't been Paul Sinha, uh, someone would have got that question. Would you have been able to answer that question? How many time zones are there in Canada, Nathan? I've had a fair guess, and I haven't listened to the interview of Paul yet, so I'm going to guess at six. You would have scored a touchdown. You would would have done. Unbelievable. There you go. Right, you're not playing that game. So a huge (laughs) thanks to Paul um, Sinha. And um, uh, there is a slightly serious... uh, tone to all this because uh, obviously Paul mentioned he is suffering from Parkinson's disease that was diagnosed earlier or was it late, late last year sometime last year I think um, and Paul is as Nathan says still sharp as a, as a knife a great guy and obviously the Parkinson's charity is uh, very close to his heart so if you want to and I would urge you because he did come on um uh free of charge he didn't ask for anything um if you wanted to donate to parkinson's uh go to parkinson's.org.uk we have uh donated so if you can tip in a fiver or whatever you can spare that would be fantastic and that would be a thanks to paul really um so uh there we go that's first and ten we'll go back to our listeners competing Danny uh, last week, he, uh, that's not his name, Danny last week, but uh, Danny last week um, managed to score a touchdown in six questions. So that's the benchmark. He's the leader in the clubhouse. So do get in touch if you want to have a crack and break Danny's record. Previously, it was Duncan Price and Marissa Contepelli. 
who scored touchdowns in nine questions. I'm going to have to get some more bloody questions together because Paul answered them all. Uh, but uh, great to hear from him. We thank him for his time. And, of course, uh, the chase is on every tea time on ITV. Um, so there we go. Uh, shall we have a little look at some of the uh, correspondences? Um, uh, you sent a loads of stuff in, very gratifying and very nice comments. So let's have a little tickle on them before we get to, to Chris Collinsworth. Uh, Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Fast forward to episode 153. Do you think we will have addressed the O-line issues? My highlight is the perfect song. Here is to the next 100 episodes. Keep up the good work. C-3PO and R2-D2. I'll let you decide who is who. I'm going to say, I'm going to take R2-D2 because he's much cooler. Mate, I can't stand Star Wars. I don't even know who they Get are. Out of it. One of them, one of those little robots that makes a funny noise. I can't stand it, Star Wars, mate. I've watched it a few times. Not a fan. Not even going to engage with it. Well, I think our friendship has just ended, frankly. Um, <laughs> you're definitely C three PO. Do you know what would be? Do you know what would be incredible for the Bengals? Slightly you know, annoying. Yeah, go on. Do, do, <laughs> do, do you know what would spice it up, right? Go on, I then. We need a bit of drama in Bengals UK. It's too sedate and too nice it's and not. everyone's too... There's no drama. There's no, no one really dislikes each other. It's all a bit too placid for my liking, right? What we need is me to start a podcast on my own with someone. I don't know, I'll pick someone out of the Bengals geezers. And then you do the same. And we're rival podcasts, like UK-based podcasts, like you know, vying for the people's... Um, the people's attention and the fandom, you know what I mean? Like me against you, like like two people that can't stand each other, rivals in the media Look game. As you know soon I mean? as we hit our hundredth, you're looking to break things up. Well, Typical. I just think Palmer. it might give give the fans a bit of excitement. Do you know what I mean? Like we'd be slagging each other off on the podcast, trying to like sabotage things and like hack into SoundCloud to like take them down. <laughs> like it'd be complete complete anarchy and madness. But I, I think it would, you know, it distract from if we have a bad season. Just what we need at the moment in society: more fragmentation and more division. <laughs> Nice one, Nathan. <laughs> one, of, one of the podcasts can be like anti-maskers, the other one cannot. It can just be complete <laughs> oh drama God. on the uh, Bengals UK scene. Oh, goodness me. Anyway, Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Congratulations. Sol- wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. Solid handle. <laughs> Congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm just basically not going to let you speak now. My lasting memory is of the tribute to Sam White and his conversations with you, Paul. I thought it was some of the best pod material of any podcast and something to be very proud of. Where do you rank the Bengals among the fellow 0-2 teams? Uh, thanks, Mike. That doesn't mean a lot. Uh, it meant a lot to me, and I hope that came over. And um, it was a real privilege to talk to Sam. And you had a few additional chats with Sam, didn't you, as well? Like off the, obviously, off the podcast. Yeah, you had a phone, yeah. you had a few chats with him and stuff. So I know, obviously, you know that meant a lot to you as well. Jamie at Trequart Beaster, congrats on the 100. I liked it when Nathan saw fit to forego the concept of a studio and record it while wandering about London like a pound shop challenge Annika. Uh, on a more Bengali note, would you consider trading AJ Ross or Bernard for some offensive line defensive help? Now, uh, a few, probably a month or so ago, you took to walk walking home from work, didn't you? And uh, it was kind of lockdown-y a little bit, but you quite fancied talking while you were walking. 
<laughs> Do you know what's funny with that is when I was walking home, I was like, yeah, this is good. It like, you know, kills two birds with one stone. I'll be home and the podcast will be done. And I listened back to the first episode and it just, it just sounded like me like, talking on a run or even like, like this and like a car would go past. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm off to, <laughs> might have to get back in the old, uh, get back in the old house. But, um, we, we didn't answer Mike Smith's question before mm. about oh, where yeah, do we sorry, yeah, Mike, rank yeah. the Bengals on, um, out of all the own two teams. And I mean, you look around the league, um, I think we're better than the Jets at 0 and 2. I think we're probably better than the Dolphins at 0 and 2. I think the Broncos at 0 and 2. I think that's probably fairly sort of similar to them. Um, I'd say the Texans are probably better than us being 0 and 2. Um, the Giants, I'd like to think we beat them, especially with Saquon yeah. Barkley now being out. So that goes in our favour. I mean, the Eagles will find out. Um, I don't really fancy our chances going in there, to be honest. I mean, I don't think we're a seven-point underdog. I think we can win, um, but I think it's going to be a very, very difficult game. Um, the Vikings, I mean, that's an interesting one, really. And I think... They might know, the be... Vi- the, we, an- we answered this question last week. They might be the team that goes off a cliff this year. And if they do, Mike Zimmer will almost certainly be gone because I know that they've obviously... He's been talked about on the hot seat rather unfairly for the last year or two. And I think, you know, it'd be a very interesting time. And if he got, you know, cut from the Vikings, I think there'd be a lot of Bengals fans that would be absolutely chomping at the bit to get him from the Vikings. But I think if we were to play the Vikings tomorrow, I think they'd be... It's a good team on paper, but yeah, just not firing at the but moment. Not. But I think, you know, we're perhaps better than Chicago. We're better than Detroit. We're... Uh, and the Bears are 2-0. I think the Bears, you know, I don't think they're that great. You know, they got pushed to the absolute limit by the Giants yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's still too early, I think. Halfway through the season, we'll give you a good uh, appraisal. Uh, James asked if, remember, if uh, would would you consider trading AJ Ross or Bernard for some offensive line defence? Uh, Bernard, I would. Yeah. I don't think um, you get a lot for him. I mean, I think I love Gio. I really do. And I actually think he should get more touches than he gets. I think he's underrated. And I think he actually would put up, a, you know, some decent some decent yards if we did give him the ball a bit more. But I just think that the rate at which we use him for what he gets paid, it just doesn't translate. And I think, I, I don't think anyone's given you any decent offensive lineman for a backup running back on a higher salary. So I think you could rule him out. I don't think, as much as AJ doesn't look fantastic so far again i wouldn't be trading our number one wide receiver um for you know you're just not going to get a starting caliber offensive lineman at this point in the season just being shopped around so i think we've just got to unfortunately stick to where we are and maybe hope someone like hakeem adenergy um is plugged into that line and looks looks like um the finished article um and can improve us there because otherwise i think we are in for a long season on that line We'll see, um, but I agree. I don't think anything's happening now, to be honest with you. Um, right, Dom at Bumbling Bengal. Um, hey guys, congrats on a hundred episodes! Such a great achievement. The moment that stands out most in my mind has to be Mullet B. Great stuff, lads. Cheers, Dom. Um, uh, we're going to be playing Mullet B at the end of the program, and uh, regular listeners will know we do like to have a bit of a song, a few tribute songs, and that was one of our better ones, I think. Uh, so we'll be playing. Mullet it be a tribute to Tyler Eifert uh, after he left in free agency. Geezer uh, got his first touchdown for the Jags yesterday. Did you see that, my son? He did. I mean, there's no argument out there. We could do with him now. Uh, now CJ's yeah, gone down. Brian at Mapcase Exapno. Look- Solid handle. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Wishing you 500 more. Goodness me. Imagine if we hit yeah. 1,000. 
You'd be you'd be in your sixties some by the time. I'm being deadly serious. You I probably know. would be. I would if be we did in my sixties. Because you think at the rate we're doing them, about once a fortnight on average throughout the year. So you're doing about twenty odd a year. Yeah, you'd be well into your sixties, my son. Uh, let's gloss over that. That's a bit be, of a depressing you'd thought. Be a, really. You'd be a grizzled veteran of the podcast. Like, you'd be like a known player in the industry. I reckon exactly. Like. Uh, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. All the solid handles are coming out Man, today. There's so many solid handles. It's unbelievable. Solid handle. Special occasion. They all come out. Uh, congrats on your 100th, guys. You richly deserve all the plaudits you should be receiving. Favourite moments? So many. But Tommy Smith, the Sandwich Tribute, Scott Hansen, Carson, TJ, Hugh, etc. All deserve a mention. Thank you, Paul and Nathan. Legends, the pair of you. That's very kind. Yeah, what a nice Lord. Um, and uh, Hugh Jackson was one of my favourites as well. He was a fantastic guy. Um, Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. Many congrats, lads. One of my faves was the recent one with Andy Benoit, as he's one of the best in the business. But I'd say the interview with Sam White was just incredibly special and one that I imagine will stay with you forever. Certainly will, Sam. Uh, right, so thank you very much for all your correspondence. More to come later. And as promised, it's time for our second special guest. That is uh, Bengals legend and now NFL broadcasting legend, Chris Collinsworth. I can't wait to be on the Bengals broadcast. <laughs> well, we wanted to get someone special for our 100th episode and we've managed to do that. Chris Collinsworth was a second round pick in the 1981 draft as a brilliant wide receiver out of Florida. For the Bengals, he was selected to three Pro Bowls, was an All-Pro, surpassed 1,000 yards receiving in uh, a season for four times and played in two Super Bowls. In a post-playing career, he's gone on to become a multiple Emmy Award-winning analyst and is known to NFL fans around the world. He's also had a stake named after him. Uh, Chris... Collinsworth, welcome to Cincinnati. Paul, Nate, what's happening, boys? I, <laughs> this is the biggest honor of my life. I am on the 100th <laughs> podcast of the British version of, uh, of of Sunday Night Football. This is this is just as big as it gets for me. It is. Um, uh, we're we're excited. You're obviously excited. Um, obviously, it's a huge honour for you to come on to this podcast. No and, question about. Yeah, you know, we don't yeah. we don't doubt that. Um, what is the, what is the steak called, by the way? Do you, do you, can you remember? It's at Jeff Ruby's place, right? It is steak Collinsworth. How about that? It is. It has actually become so. This guy, he's a good friend of mine. And he named steaks after all the local athletes and celebrities and such. But the other ones didn't catch on. There was only one that kind of it. And, and so people come up to me and all the time they, they go, oh, is this like a family recipe? I'm like, yeah, it's a family recipe. <laughs> like I named it after everybody in town. I had, uh, I had one lady one time back in my single days. And, and she just kept going on and on. I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of guys and just saying how much she enjoyed eating me all night long. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. The boys were falling out of the table. It was hilarious. She didn't say stuff like, oh, Chris, is so juicy. And so... Uh, no, I think they did quite that bad. But... Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, I, before we kick in, before we ask you about Bengal stuff, I just wanted to ask you about your high school 
It was called Astronaut in Titusville, Florida. Uh, can I just confirm it had nothing to do with astronauts or space travel? It actually did. It, it did? Uh, well, it, the, the name did. We were in Titusville, Florida is right across from Cape Kennedy. Right. So it's the high school right next. So all the kids whose parents worked at the Cape um, would went to astronaut high school. So, but it was Titusville astronaut war Eagle. So we had more names than we knew what to do with it. My dad actually was the principal of that high school. <laughs> yeah. So I used to tell him all the time how much I enjoyed reading about him on the bathroom walls. It was great. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get to the Bengals then. You were drafted in 1981, mm -hmm. and you had a fantastic rookie season. You got over a thousand rookie yards, and you went to the Super Bowl. Did you kind of think this? This is insane. This is this easy? What's going on here? I did actually. Oh, uh, did you? Because <laughs> I had I had I had played at the University of Florida. We had a good year my senior year. We went like eight and four, won a bowl game. But my junior year, we didn't win a game like 0, 10 and one. I was like, man, I thought I could win a game by myself, you know, in college, I, you know? And so I got to the NFL and Kenny Anderson was the quarterback. Uh, but we came out on opening day against Seattle and we're down 21 to nothing like that. I mean, it is, he's, people are booing Kenny like crazy. He got benched. He threw a pick six. It was horrible. I'm like, this is really hard. And then one of my best friends on the team, a guy named Turk Schoenert, who was the backup quarterback, came in the game. Boom, boom, boom. Brings us all the way back. We win the game 27-21. Kenny had to go in the next week and literally beg for his job back because everybody fell in love with Turk, and he's the guy. He got his job back. We won a game in New York against the Jets and end up going 2-0. and But what's ironic about the whole story is that Kenny then went on to be the MVP of the league that year take us to the Super Bowl, but he was this close to never getting back in the lineup again because of his opening day. Well, that seems crazy to us. I mean, we've had Ken on the, the, on the podcast a few times in the past, past actually. And he's so did revered. He, call you? he probably called you asking to be on, didn't he? No, he didn't. Uh, a mutual friend put us in touch. And uh, after the first time he was on, he did insist uh, you know, that we, we don't leave it too long until the next time. So uh, I think Kenny would be on every week if he possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give him a beer in hand, he's good. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that must have been crazy because we look back at, I mean, he that was the generation before me, so I, I never got to see him play. Um, and he was so revered, uh, and he is, you know, quite rightly should be in the Hall of Fame, I think. But, you know... That must have been a weird time, really, for, for Kenny, because you had a losing season the year before the Super Bowl season. You weren't there, obviously, but... Yeah, no, I, I woke him up. <laughs> <laughs> it was That was the best part. It was so funny because it was, I think it was Forrest Gregg's second year. And, of course, he was a disciple of Lombardi, and it was, you know, he was tough. I mean, this dude... He scared the hell out of me. I mean, just if, if he was coming one way down the hall, I, I'd just turn around and go the other. It's like a salmon. I didn't want to go upstream at all. And But he was, you know, so his second year, all this stuff started coming together. But because really the only two different players were me and a guy, a safety named Bobby Kemp. 
that, you know, so much of the attention came to me and I was crazy. I'd do anything. I was doing car commercials and, <laughs> you know, running around. I was just wild. We were all single and having a great time. So everybody in Cincinnati thought we'd lost our minds. <laughs> um, so what was Kenny like as a quarterback? How would you He's describe great. him? Yeah, I mean, I played with uh, two guys that won the MVP of the league, obviously Boomer and Kenny. And uh, Kenny was a tactician. He was an accurate thrower. He probably threw the greatest uh, pure pass in the league, just a perfect spiral. It showed up when we played in the freeze bowl game. Uh, it was uh, the day that we played in the championship game against the Chargers that year. Uh, I woke up to the clock radio and the clock radio. It comes on and it says, ladies and gentlemen, it's nine below zero. The wind is blowing 35 miles an hour, which makes for a wind chill of 59 below zero. Whatever you do, don't let your dog outside today. And I'm thinking, this dog ain't going anywhere, man. I, I, I have never been so cold in my entire life. We were in the locker room. None of our cars would start. We're at a hotel. And none of our cars would start. It was some, some kid in like a 57 Chevy picked us up and drove us all to the stadium. And we get down to the stadium and everybody's getting dressed. And, um, and, and you're sitting there and you, they say, all right, it's time to go warm up. And I'm like, 72 degrees in here. You want me to go out the 59 below zero and, and warm up? And the first pass I had thrown to me that day, literally, I, I felt like somebody took a hammer to a mirror. I felt like I crumbled in a thousand pieces to the ground. I, had no, I was in my rookie year out of the University of Florida. I never played in a game below 32 degrees in my life. And here it was 59 below zero. And I just wanted to go home. I mean, it was awful. It was awful. So how did you dig deep then? What was it inside you and the guys that kept going during that game in particular? You know, it's when you're winning, it's a whole lot easier. When you know you're getting ready to go to the Super Bowl, and it was a pretty comfortable win. It was about 27 to 7 or something mm. like that. Mm. And um, so at the end of the game, they were um, – it was really cool because the wind was blowing so hard. If you threw something in the air, it would blow all their – the stadium yeah right and so they people were brought in a lot of newspapers to put their feet on because the ground was so frozen or to sit on and so somebody tore up a bunch of newspapers and threw it in the air it was like a ticker tape parade you know and then pretty soon the whole stadium was just like flooding down and one of them came down and it was a picture of me in the newspaper that day and i was like hey guys look you know get out of here what are you talking <laughs> But it, it was a great day. It really was. I mean, to be a rookie and, uh, and to go to the Super Bowl, your very first go around, was pretty amazing. Okay, well, uh, let's fast forward sort of six, seven years to the next time you guys won the AFC Championship. Sam Weiss has come in as head coach. I want to ask, I want to ask you about Sam from a player's point of view. When he started to introduce the no huddle, uh, and all these kind of innovations, were you looking at, was everyone in the locker room looking at each other going, what, what the hell is this dude doing? This is crazy. He did a lot of crazy things, but he also did a lot of really cool things too. I mean, he was willing to try anything. Hmm. And the, the thing that was kind of fun about it was he was the first one that really came up with the ability to communicate at the line of scrimmage. It was like learning a foreign language, learning our play calls. 
Um, and and the only one I can remember is is Bruce was that uh, that somehow that was Bruce Springsteen, and somehow that was a certain kind of block. And it, I mean, it was like this whole coded language and Howie Long used to tell me he says I knew everybody's audibles I knew what everybody was talking about except your guys I had no idea I said uh, how he joined the rest of us <laughs> we were just making it up <laughs> there, yeah, no but it, did, did, it, did it feel like that did it feel like seat of your pants stuff or did it feel like oh no 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 innovative? I mean it was it was precise yeah you know sometimes he would go too far with it like he, he decided to do like uh, out of the nursery rhyme, one, two, buckle my shoe. Shoe was like a boot, was like a bootleg. So that was the bootleg. Three, four, close the door. Door is like a trap door. So we're going to run a trap if we say if we say four, five, six, pick up sticks. You're going to go to the sticks route on the outside, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it was great when we were in the meeting. And then he asked one guy a question about, he goes, okay, you know, like three, four. And the guy says, so, you know, he's like, Johnny, three, four. <laughs> three four and he goes you know close the door and the dude got up and closed the door i was like <laughs> that, was, that was the end of that audible system <laughs> like forget it so uh, nathan nathan's going to come in in a minute and ask you some questions but i just uh, again i was a i you know that team was the team that i fell in love with basically and you were one of my favorite players so it is a treat to talk to you um What's your kind of overriding memory? You must have made lifelong friendships with guys in the locker room. But what 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 are your fondest memories from your playing days in Cincinnati? You know, I, I just think it was a special time. It's not always been great. The football hasn't always been great here, as you guys well know. But in the 80s, it was two trips to the Super Bowl. It was two MVPs. It was... You know, even one year we didn't go to the playoffs. We had 10 wins. Um, so, you know, we, we just had it – was, it was a special time. People that still live here um, have nothing but fond memories of the 80s and, and what it meant to them. And there were characters, you know, Icky Woods was a crazy guy, just a fun-loving kind of guy. And I, and I think with Sam, he was just always – you just so unpredictable. You never knew what Sam was going to do. But, I mean, he, he devised things that were plays that we had. Uh, James Brooks one time, we had a play where they would always, Dallas would blitz both inside backers right over the center. Nobody could ever quite figure out how to do it. So Sam devised a scheme where he was going to have James Brooks come down right at the line of scrimmage. And instead of, and, and he was going to leave one guy unblocked. So when Boomer took the snap, the guy who was over his backside, over his right side, came in and sacked Boomer immediately. But he took the snap, and our center went and blocked the other guy, and he handed it to James Brooks. And everybody was screaming because they thought Boomer had gotten sacked in the backfield, and James Brooks was running by himself down the center of the field for like a 60-yard touchdown. So, I mean, his creativity and imagination – was phenomenal and you know was he a character was he funny he was all the above you know he came from the bill walsh tree and bill was known for you know dressing up like a bellhop when he met his team at the super bowl and all that kind of stuff and sam definitely had a little bit of that in him his magic tricks and all the stuff i do i have seen that play that you mentioned on youtube and i i have to watch it like 
I had to watch it about half a dozen times just to figure out the design and what actually happened there. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, he had another one in the same game that um, it was the first time. It's a pretty common play now, but when the tight end was in man coverage, uh, had the man coverage guy over him, he had our tackle block the man coverage guy and the tight end would go inside the tackle. Well, man coverage, once you block that guy, it's really kind of sort of illegal, but, you know, he would block him and fall down right away. Mm-hmm. And then he would he would peel back inside, and the tight end was all by himself running in for a touchdown. So poor Dallas, this day we played them. They were a really good team, and I think we beat mm-hmm. them like 50 to 24 or something. But it was a, it, he had just like layup touchdowns where mm-hmm. it wasn't us. It was really him. Nathan, do you want to go in? Yeah, Chris, I, I think um, you know exactly what my first question is going to be talking about the Bengals of today. Um, obviously, after a couple of rough seasons, Joe Burrow comes in um, as the first overall pick. I think every Bengals fan out there at the moment is loving the fact that we've got this new guy, this, this guy that's the, you know a stereotypical leader, someone who's had a, a very decorated co- a collegiate career. I'd just love to know your opinion on him. So what have you seen of him so far? Like, what do you think of him? And do you think he's going to be the answer um, at quarterback in Cincinnati? You know, I, if he is what he was at LSU, he was phenomenal. I, I watched a lot of his tape getting ready for the draft. And then I was also watching some tape of the center for LSU because he was also an eligible guy. But he would miss some blocks occasionally. And there would be – immediate pressure on Joe Burrow, but Joe's ability to just sort of sidestep it and olay the guy and stand back in there and make the throw really made an impression. He could run, as we saw in the game, his opening day game, that nice touchdown uh, in that. And the thing I kind of like about him is he's just a serious kid. You know, it looks like he takes everything pertaining to his job so seriously. And that's, it's fantastic when you've got somebody that young, that's got money, but he's just all about winning. You know, you can yeah. build a lot around that kind of a foundation. Yeah, 100%. I, I, that kind of brings me on nicely to the next question. So talking about a young guy, Zach Taylor, I think, is the youngest coach of the NFL, or second youngest, and he's going into his second season now, 2-15 and 15 at the moment. Um, the jury's very much still out on him. Um, he talks a great game. We've had him on this podcast. He's a great guy. Um, some, got some good ideas. He's come from over from Los Angeles. And um, obviously, Bengals fans are excited about that. But what have you seen of him so far? Because the record's not great. But, you know, from what you've seen, is there reasons to be optimistic for Bengals fans? Well, I hope so. You know, getting Jonah Williams back at left tackle, hopefully, is going to solidify this offensive line a little bit. They've got a good player in Joe Mixon. You'd never want to put everything on rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Troy Aikman went one in fifteen, right? Peyton Manning threw friggin' million interceptions his his rookie year. I mean, it's just hard. There's it's so sophisticated. Even though he was from a sophisticated style offense at LSU, it's just different. And especially this year with the COVID going on and the limited offseason and not having the OTAs and not having all the stuff. Um, but I think they're doing the right thing, just like they did with Troy Aikman. Just throw him out there. You're going to learn a lot more playing than you, you would being a backup quarterback. Remember, the backup quarterback in practice, they don't even get a snap usually. I mean, they don't even run a play. So at least he's getting all the practice snaps. He's getting all the game snaps. 
He's going to do some crazy things. I really wish with seven seconds to go the other day, they would have let him throw. You know, I'm like, I mean, come on, who are we fooling here? This yeah. is the Bengals. We were, you know, they won one game last year. Let's just, just seven, throw the ball. Let's take another shot at this thing, right? I mean, you're trying to develop them anyway. Um, but, you know, maybe they didn't want to put that on him either. I, who knows? I'm not a coach. I'm just – I'm like a – I'm just a, a, a British fan kind of guy. I just, I just <laughs> cheer for them. I hope they win. So obviously this year, I think we know, that even as fans, as much as we want to think we can go the whole distance this year, I think we're quite realistic in the respect that we're looking at a sort of seven and nine, eight and eight type season. Um, looking at the AFC North, um, obviously the Ravens are, you know, the team to beat there. How do you, Sort of look at the AFC North, you know, obviously Pittsburgh got Ben back from injury. Um, how do you see that division going this year? I think it's going to be fantastic at the top. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, was so good defensively last year. You know, they, they had, they were a mess at quarterback, they had duck hodges and, you know, <laughs> it's like, we really, I was, Al and I spent the whole night talking to duck. I was like, I go, this is fantastic. Um, but it was, you know, so I, I think that I think Pittsburgh's defense is so good. And then Ben Roethlisberger, we see it in baseball all the time in this country where guys who have that Tommy John surgery actually come back stronger. They actually are happy they had Tommy John surgery. And it looked like Ben was throwing it pretty well the other night. So if that defense stays where it is, Connor stays strong in there. Uh, I, I actually picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I give you some idea what I thought. Um, but Baltimore looked fantastic the other day too. And, and Lamar looks like he's only going to get better and um, pretty good group up there as well. So I, 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 uh, I, I think the top end of that division will be about as good as it gets. And that's, you know, that's four tough games, obviously for the Bengals. Um, I just want to wrap this up, Chris. You've been very generous with your time. We can't thank you enough. Uh, you're obviously on the road again, or are you? You're, what's what's your kind of uh, routine now? Are you back on yeah, the road with so us? So we did the first two games. I did uh, the Kansas City-Houston game on NBC, and then we turned around and did Dallas and the LA Rams uh, on Sunday. So we'll go to Seattle this week, watch Cam Newton taking on Seattle and that defense and Russell Wilson and should be fantastic. They've got some real problems in that part of the country right now, though, <clears throat> with the uh, the fires that are going on in the West Coast. Yeah. And there was some talk that they may have to move the game. I mean, if you can imagine, like, you know, those two teams playing in Minnesota or something, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's that's how bad the air quality has been on the West Coast. So. We'll see. I don't know. It's a. Uh, I'm just so glad they're playing football. Boy, for the longest time, I was thinking there's just no way. How are they ever going to get these things in and the testing? But the players have been great. The coaches have been great. They they've gone through all the protocols, and you know, God only knows we all could use a little football at this point in our lives. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, you've been doing this for a, a long time now, Chris. As I say I mentioned earlier you've won multiple Emmys and. You formed a great partnership, a long-standing partnership with Al. Um, why does why does football still excite you? What is it about the game that you still love? I don't know. What does it excite you about for you guys? I, I, I for me personally, <clears throat> I think it's the greatest game in the world. I, I, I just do. I, I think it's the most uh, complex game. You know, soccer is beautiful and exciting, and they have great plays and all those sorts of things, but. 
you know, in football, is it the owner that makes the difference? Is it the GM? Is it the head coach? Is it the quarterback? Is it the offensive line? Is it all those things put together? Sometimes it's the fans, the intricacies of the plays, the, the people that are designing those plays are so brilliant. The, the people on the defensive side who are trying to come up with a way to stop those plays are equally as brilliant. I was watching the tape of the New England Patriots the other day. I've never seen anything like it. They had, they, they must have run 30 different defenses in that game on opening day with like shortened training camp and no, I like, how can they possibly do that? And, and so now this week they go up against Russell Wilson and, you know, it's just, it's just brains against brains and brawn against brawn. It's, it's deep passes. It's phenomenal athletes. It's, guys smashing each other for all they're worth. I mean, what's not the love, right? I mean, it's if you're a guy, that's there. If you're a guy or a girl, it's just, it's, it's so intriguing. It, it is, it's chess. Mm. You know, it is, it's chess. Is it what they like to say? It's chess, not checkers. It's uh it's, it's just such a game of intellect to try and see it all, understand it all, decipher it all. Um, and when you're trying to do it in real time on national television, it's like, oh, man, I hope I got that right. <laughs> well, you frequently do, Chris. Uh, thank you uh, so much for being a really special guest. Uh, thanks for the memories. And uh, long may you continue uh, being a brilliant analyst. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Chris. Cheers, Congratulations man. on number 100. How about that? I'll see you in a, I'll see you in a, how long is it going to take to get to the second 200? Probably about another well, three years. <laughs> three yeah. years, I'll see you in three years. But okay. I'm still alive. I hope it works out. It's a date. Thanks a lot, Chris. All the best. Well, there we go. It's hard to believe that we actually did that, Nathan. But there we were on Zoom. There was Chris in his study, uh, <laughs> studying and kind of breaking down Seattle's defence for the game last night. Um and we were able to get sort of 20 odd minutes with him and unbelievable Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was pretty outrageous. I mean, I was, you know, I think I went back to my office for the, um, to do it about nine o'clock at night. Um, and I remember sitting there and he pops up on zoom and you're like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I'm just sat here like looking at Chris Collinsworth, you know, geezer that is one of the biggest names. I mean, I tried to explain to people that didn't know who Chris was, <laughs> that don't like American football. I was like, he's like the US equivalent of Gary Lineker. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, like an ex-player yeah. that's like turned into, you know, probably being arguably the, one of the biggest names uh, in the business. And the geezer just oozes charisma. What? I mean, I, I took a look at myself he after the podcast. He does what? He oozes charisma. What, the what did you say like that for? Oozes. Sounds like you were just oozing something there. <laughs> um, Mate, I, it's just stupid. You imagine, like, it's geezer his age. Just so, <laughs> like, he, he just, look, he, like, if you were a woman of any age, you'd just be lured in by him, wouldn't you? Like, he's just so charismatic. He's, he is very, he's got a very easy He nature. lured me in. Did he? I was, I was ready, like, you know, I was questioning everything after that point. He's just got so <laughs> much charisma. He has, and he's a lovely guy. and Just such a nice guy. Like, and just the sort of geezer you know would be good for a pint. Like, I reckon if you yeah, went for a yeah. pint with him, like, he's telling us some stories on the podcast and just, oh, man, like, just a impressive dude yeah very, i think that's the word very impressive very easygoing nature very open friendly exactly is as he is on the tv really so um 
what a treat that was and i hope you enjoyed that as well because we were we felt very privileged to do that and uh and we can't if i if I, if I do my rival podcast son i'm doing it with chris me and chris are going to do the bengals uk rival podcast and you can settle for like jamie mike or simon hunter as your second guest but me and chris are going for it all i think i think uh sorry mate i've already signed the contract with chris so um <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you're going to get Chris Kamara, I think, rather than. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, huge thank you to to Chris, um, and of course, you know, watching that game against uh, the Patriots and the Seahawks last night. What a, I mean, he he just the thing that I loved, I think, was right at the end. I asked him what he kind of, why does he still do it? And he's done it for a few decades now, uh, post playing career, um, and he answered. You know, he asked. He answered with a question. He asked us, "Well, what is it that you like about the game?" It's the same thing. So that says a lot to me, actually, that he's a, a huge fan of the game and that enthusiasm uh, and uh, bubbly nature and that excitement he gets from from doing his job. Um, I think that that's that speaks volumes, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think. Whenever you see a player that goes into the media, um, some people have got it, some people haven't. And I think you can tell with him that he just loves the game. Um, and that comes through with his with his commentary and his analysis and everything else. So, yeah, just such a pleasure to have someone like him on and a perfect guest, I think, for us. Absolutely. Uh, for the 100th episode. And also, you've got to remember that he was a fantastic player as well. No one talks about that, but he was a bloody good player. Trying to bring down Chris Collinsworth was like, trying to bring down a thoroughbred horse he was all arms and legs six foot five really quick uh no he's what... six five the geezer oh yeah 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 he's mad he's, he's really cool. tall um he was a heck of a player no wonder he made such a big impact when he first came into the league so a huge thank you to chris hope you enjoyed that and as nathan just said a really uh uh worthwhile special guest to for this occasion not that uh, it is a huge occasion for anybody else apart from us, but um, it was lovely that Chris took the time to, to do that for us. Right, shall we get back to our correspondence? Mori- uh, Morris? <laughs> There's no Morris. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Congratulations on the 100. Came such a long way. Not just podcasts, but fan meetups, online tailgates, etc. The cornerstone of a supporters community. The tiger goes from strength to strength. Couldn't agree more, Stuart. Um, I think that's been a real pleasure for me, seeing how this community has grown. And, you know, the friends that we've all made and the connections that we've all made, fantastic. Sam Angel's back. He can't get enough of it. He's got some questions. One, would you be up for arranging a Bengals UK trip to Cincy next year? Very tempting, I think. Um, number two, AJ, is it two years of injury with no preseason and just going through the motions with a new QB, or is he at that stage of his career now? Thanks for everything you do, boys. It's been a blast so far. Um, I think I'm going to give AJ the benefit of the doubt because he's earned it over the years. Uh, I'm hoping that it is just kind of getting into the back in the saddle and getting you know, match sharp again. Because you do, as we said, you know, he hasn't played uh, for a year and a half, pretty much. And he's had no real pre-season because he's been injured during that as well. So um, perhaps it was naive of us just to expect him to come back and play like the old AJ. 
it might take him another game or so to get fully match sharp, you know. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I think AJ, 100% given the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's still had a couple of catches there. I know he's by no means been as sharp as he usually is. There's a lot of balls out there that he knows that he should be catching. And I think the Bengals, you know, they wanted to make sure he was healthy and didn't want to rush him too much in training camp and give him too many reps. But it's hard, you know, for anyone in any profession, you hold them out of something for a year and a half, they're not going to come back in just firing all, all cylinders. And I think you made a good point there, son, about new quarterback. I mean, you've got to get some chemistry with your quarterback. He's only known Andy Dalton pretty much for his time in Cincinnati. And to immediately just go over to someone else, not only does he need to get chemistry Burrow, but Burrow needs to get chemistry with him. Um, and obviously with no preseason, you know, the geezer barely played at all in camp. So that's going to come with time. I think AJ's still got it all. He's, a, he's such a hard worker. I mean, you see some of his workout videos on Instagram, him and his wife and stuff. I mean, the geezer's in absurd shape. Um, and I really do think that he'll come good um, later in the season. But that's not football sharp, though, is it? He's can, anybody can be in great shape, but they, you know, anyway... Let's hope he gets back soon. I'm a bit concerned about the wide receiver room because if they don't have John Ross, it's not the speediest. And as I say, they're still getting into their roles and they're still trying to find that uh, synchronicity. So hopefully it comes soon. There were... Ross, has looked, Ross has looked diabolical, hasn't he? He just has. I mean, like, yeah. if, I know everyone tries to defend I mean, I know Joe Goodbury's a big fan of John Ross and tries to defend him a bit. But, like, he's some of the, a few people out there were sort of showing some videos and stuff of him just not looking on some plays like he was putting in 100%. And I think he's had two catches so far in two games, just completely shut out against the Browns. And... I don't know. It's just for me. It's it's looking like so far a pretty, um, pretty dab uh, or drab. Sorry, not dab. A pretty drab <laughs> start to the twenty twenty season for John Ross. Another classic Nathanism there. Dab. You heard it here first. John Ross looking dab there. Uh, I don't know. You want him to succeed. And it's not just Joe that defends him. I will defend him as well. I really want him to succeed because he's got all the talent and the and the. The ability in the world, it's just, I do think, he just, there's just something when it comes to the crunch. And he has made great catches before, and he has, you know, let's not, he, he can do it. For some reason, it's either a loss of concentration, or uh, not quite tracking the ball properly. I don't know what it is, but I do. If you had the physical ability of John yes. Ross, my son, right? Yes. You're as quick as John Ross. You've got uh, yeah. the same body as John Ross. Yeah, I have, It's just yeah. your head in his body. Yes. You reckon you'd be turning it on out there? Oh, I'd be, I'd be all pro, mate, at this, uh, <laughs> at this stage. Like I'll be commanding my you... second contract worth millions. <laughs> I feel like you've got the, like the uh, the smarts, to, you know, on the football field. Like, I feel like you'd be able to read defensive backs' minds. I just, you know, you, I feel like you'd absorb the playbook instantly. It'd be like dropping a sponge straight into the bath, just straight <laughs> under. Like you'd have the whole playbook nailed down. You and Burrow would be in sync, and it'd just be unfair to opposing defenses. The way that you'd out scheme them, you know, wow. like an absolute chess match. I just, I think you, you know, we need to somehow get your brain somehow put into John Ross's head, like an outrageous scientific experiment to get you out there on the field. Well, let's see if any of our listeners are into kind of, you know, artificial <laughs> intelligence or downloading something into people's brains. Uh, it's all getting a bit future armour at the moment, isn't it? Anyway, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. The highlight uh, was the pod recorded at the Admiralty before the last Wembley game when both of you had already been enjoying the hospitality. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying inebriated Nathan and Paul were more eloquent 
than normal Nathan and Paul, but... Dot, dot, dot. Now, come on now, Pete. It was only Nathan that was struggling there because, uh, you know, as we all know, when he gets a little bit tiddly, Nathan starts to try and speak in an American accent. And that was happening at that <laughs> Admiralty night. Uh, but that was great, though, wasn't it? I mean, in all seriousness, that was really good fun. And again, no, uh, again that was a highlight um, uh, from the time between the 50th and the 100th. Last year's uh, game against the Rams, maybe not the result, but again, the the fun that we had in the Admiralty, the the amount of people that showed up, we were able to record an episode in the Admiralty. So, um, yeah, that was another huge highlight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you can't sometimes, you know, you just, but you cannot forget that. I mean, that was an absolutely insane couple of days that was. I mean, I've, I've never seen you, son. I think you were like in the Admiralty for probably about a total of about 24 hours over the three days that. <laughs> That all went on. Obviously, that trip we did up to watch the Bengals practice, and we got to meet a lot of the players, Zach Taylor, Andy Dalton, and all of those guys. Extremely special experience. And the pod, you know, after we met them all and did the podcast in the car on the way back, I mean, that was a really cool thing. Um, and then you know, the one in the Admiralty was fun as well. We got oh, Jim, Jeremy and Jess on. Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got the lovely guy from Italy on. Um, so you know. Lots of good times there, and I think everybody had a great weekend, despite the result. Warrior at WarriorNate99. Solid handle. GG's on 100 eps, chaps. Everyone in the States seems to be enjoying all 22, I think it's called. Do we not have access to this with Game Pass International, or is it just rebranded as Coach's Film? Favourite episode for me was the Sam Weish interview, RIP Sam, you legend. That's a good question, I haven't checked this year. Um... It used to be called Coach's Film, didn't it? But maybe they've uh, rebranded it this year. I haven't had a look, uh, Nate, I'm afraid. Uh, Bengals Captain, at Bengals Captain. Uh, I was going to say Sam too, but there are so many amazing choices. Um, and thank you for your support, Jeremy and Jess. Uh, Bengals Jim BTR, 100th episode. Congrats, cheers, Jim, and thanks for your support too. Um, German Jungle Podcast at German Jungle. Oh, yes. Solid handle. Congratulations on the 100th. Want to take this opportunity to applaud you guys for an awesome show. Never a dull moment. Looking forward to the next 100. Cheers, guys. And we should hook up with the German guys. We met some of those last year when they came over. Um, amazing. Uh, they've got a big, uh, big group over there. So, yeah, we should get together, guys. Don't you speak a bit of German, son? Or am I just making that up? You're making it up. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I speak a tiny bit. So I was thinking we could do a podcast in German for the German fans out there. Oh, it would be a very short podcast, uh, I can <laughs> say. Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. The interviews with Trey Waynes and Marcus Bailey, getting an insight what free agency in the draft is like from players is really interesting. The chats with Carson and Icky Woods were a great listen too. Fantastic work as usual, guys. Probably my favourite podcast out there. Uh, fantastic. Goodness me. Mm. Me and you get a bit getting better word. reviews than Joe Rogan, my son. <laughs> I know. Well, that's not very difficult, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> Dreams of Witness at D. Witness. You both have been a magnificent addition to following this most fascinating of franchises. The only thing that would make me happier for the future than your next century would be the re-signing of Pat Sims. Pat Sims is a favourite of Jimmy's there. And Jimmy also says, plus, through this lovely whole thing um i got to hang out in tokyo with nathan and chris and again that was 
Uh, that's what it's all about, making connections. And hopefully you can use us to make connections, use our platforms to make connections. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's good to hear from you, Jim. Uh, Ken Davies. Yeah, Ken Davies at Ken S. Davies. Many congratulations, guys. As a real latecomer to the podcast, I quite enjoyed Paul allowing Bengal, uh, Marissa Contepelli to walk into the end zone unchallenged with the now infamous cheese question. Great job. Come on, Ken. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> Donnie at... Donnie at... Ippy. You caught out there, Sam. I know. I'm not going to hear the last of that, am I? Donnie at Ippy Don. Congratulations on 100 episodes. First time caller, I think, Donnie. Welcome. Uh, congratulations on 100 episodes. Quick question. Will we make the playoffs by episode 200? Here's hoping. Keep up the great work. Who day? Who day to you? Uh, Donnie, and yes, I think we probably will. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Matt Moon, at Matt Moon, happy 100 episodes. I thought the various interactions you were able to have with the Bengals players and head coach for the Wembley game last year were great. We agree. Uh, Tom McDowell, at Wagat WagatDubDD. Amazing achievement, guys. Thank you for all of your hard work. I still have mullet bee stuck in my head. Well, you're going to have it uh, reinforced in a moment, Tom. I can tell you that now. Uh, touchdown Tips, at Touchdown Tips. Congrats, gents. I think I've listened to the majority of them. My favourite moment, given that my memory is atrocious, so it would have to be a fairly recent one, would have to be the Sam White interview. Um... <laughs> Thank you, Adam. All at Armaduke Panache. Solid handle. <clears throat> they get you hard, but never finish you off. Do you remember that line from you, Nathan? But <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. They were. didn't finish me off against the Chargers in week one, I'll tell you that much. They didn't. They didn't. And that's about it, really. Um, thank you so much for all those lovely words and as i say i hope you realize that we we do do it to keep the community going to grow the community so uh long may that continue uh we are going to be back uh on sunday night with uh, another uh online tailgate which will be streamed live on youtube on facebook and on twitter with some guests and messing around and who knows what it's all a bit chaotic and that's, that's the nature of it. That's what a tailgate should be, I think. Um, and we play the Philadelphia Eagles, Nathan. Indeed we do, my son. And I think, just to give a little bit of a quick preview for that, we've got to win that. We've got to win that, man. We can't go home free. Like, to have any chance this season of even having a sniff of the playoffs, even the slightest of sniffs, we've got to turn the Eagles over. They're 0-2 as well. Um, they're having a bit of struggle out there. And I think, you know... Big test for us, but um, I'm hoping we get Gino back. I just want to see Gino Atkins and DJ Reader on that line. I just always, you know, you've got two unbelievable players that you just want to see them play together. Because if you're the Eagles' offensive line and you've got those two geezers coming out the middle, that's got to cause you some problems. Who are you double teaming? You know, one of those, one of those guys is going to be free. And if you're Gino Atkins, he's probably been double teamed for the last six, seven, eight years. And if you're DJ Reader, you know, he's probably thinking to himself, well, he's a younger probably at the moment, a higher-level player. So if Gino gets uh, that line to himself, he could really feast um, and cause Carson Wentz a few problems. So, I hope so. I think, I think we, have a, we, we have a chance in that game. I'm not gonna, I don't think the Eagles have been great. And they've got injuries. The skill position players aren't fantastic. Carson Wentz is very inconsistent, I think. Uh, can turn it on one day and then is av- very average the next. 
So I think we've got a real chance, but we we have to improve on last last week's performance. I think. Yeah, um, I just I think if we get a win, we win a few more. I really think they just need that belief. Like after that, we have got the Jags at home. You fancy us in that? I mean, the Jags have looked pretty sharp, to be fair to them. But you know, you go and beat the Eagles, you get a win under your belt, and then you got the Jags at home, and all of a sudden you're knocking on the door of two and two if you could win that. So we're just I'm just you know I'm going to be absolutely buzzing off my nut for this Sunday because I just feel like we've got to get the team over the line here and I hope for this online tailgate and all the fans still got some belief in this season is still young we've still got a chance and you know who day let's go out there and smash the Eagles up just absolutely tear them a new one you know what I mean yeah, well I, I, I don't disagree with it so or the... a really dirty win I take a shit win I take a win like a really horrible like field goal from 19 <laughs> yards it's the bar and goes over or like you know, I Which don't, is likely with Randy care. Bullock, to be honest. I don't care if we're cheating. I don't care if it's like on a blown <laughs> call. Or I don't care if it's like a horrible pass interference that's not called on us. I don't care. Like, I'm bordering on, like, I don't care if people get injured for us to get a win. Like, we just got to get a win, my son. We do, we do. Uh, the online tailgate, um, I don't condone cheating or injuring people, by the way. Uh, that's Nathan is. Nathan is already breaking away from this podcast uh, <laughs> with his controversial views on people getting injured and cheating. Uh, not, not people getting injured, I'll retract that, but I hope I'm more than up for cheating at this point. I don't care. <laughs> okay, well, uh, our online tailgate is, starts at 4.30pm uh, BST, which is, I believe, 1130 uh est so do come and join us we'll obviously be posting about that um thank you so much to paul sinha and chris collinsworth uh for making it feel this a really truly special 100th episode and thank you guys for listening for all this time uh we really do enjoy putting it together and i hope you enjoy listening to it and uh, here's to 100 more bloody hell let's do it um yeah absolutely so so until next week boring old Episode 101. Not sure how we're going to top this one, to be honest with you. Um, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. When we find ourselves in trouble, Tyler, I thought he gets free. Always in the end zone, mull it be And on a third goal to go He's standing right in front of me Always in the end zone, mull it be Mull it be, mull it be, mull it be, mull it be Always in the end zone, mull it be Listening, Marvin Lewis said to me, Speaking words of wisdom, we will see. For though we may have parted, we'll always remember you scoring TDs. Always in the end zone, mull it be. Mull it be, mull it be, mull it be. Always in the end zone, Molly B. Molly B. Molly B. Molly B. Molly B. 
always hurts your ankle and your knee. Chug was legendary Always in the end zone Molly B Molly B Molly B Molly B Always in the end zone Molly B Molly B Molly B Molly B Always in the end zone, Molly B. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.